This podcast was brought to you by Pastor Glenn Tomrin and Fellowship Church. For more information, visit thefellowship.church. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You happy to be at church tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm, I'm real happy to be here. I believe uh, that the Lord has given me a message for tonight. And I'm going to be going, uh, starting in the book of Philippians. And uh, I'm actually, I'm actually going to spend a lot of time there. I don't know how many times I've read the book of Philippians. For some reason, I don't know if you have this happen to you, but there's just a certain, you know, portion of scripture or a book or, or something that just kind of speaks to you. And you know there's something God wants to get across to you. And you just kind of stay there. You know, you read through it. You know, before you go to bed at night, you know, I read the book of Philippians. You know, and then I read it again. And then I read it again. And this has kind of gone on since 2019, I think. And so more here of recent, but that was kind of when I realized there's some things here that I need to see. You know, sometimes you need to dig a little bit. Have you noticed that? You know, you don't get it like just the first time around. You kind of have to just keep reading it and then asking the Lord, you know, okay, so, so, so what do I need to get here? And so I'm going to share some of those things here, you know, uh, from the book of Philippians, you know, Philippians has been looked at as, as Paul's partner letter, so to speak, you know. It's, uh, it's a very heartfelt letter. And he's writing this most probably from Rome when he was in jail in Rome towards the end of his life, maybe in AD 62, maybe a two to five years before he was martyred in Rome. You know, so this is not too, you know, uh, it, w- it was towards the end of his life. He walked with the Lord for about 30 years or so. And so he's writing to these people Uh, at Philippi and you know you know the story you know how he got there remember that you know in Acts chapter 16 he was on his uh, second missionary journey I think it was and he was going up and it was two places the the Holy Spirit didn't want him to go into Bithynia and into Asia you know and and so he just kept moving you know, you always try to do something for the Lord, right? And you, 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 you keep, you, you start moving, and then if he says no, well, then just, just, just change your course and keep moving, you know? And he will guide you. And so he gets down to Troas, and he has this vision, you know, this man of Macedonia, and he, in this vision, he says, come over and help us. And so, you know, Paul, you know, uh, Paul and Silas, they decided that, you know, this is the will of God, so we're going to go to Philippi. And, and so they went there, and, uh, you know, they went down, and they talked to this lady called Lydia, right? And she, the Lord, the, the scripture says the Lord opened her heart to heed the things that were spoken by Paul. And so, so she opened her heart, she, she received the Lord Jesus, her and her whole house, and then, of course, we have this, you know, fortune-telling outfit girl that he cast the devil out of. And, of course, that created a stir. Remember that? And then they get thrown in jail. And so now, you know, the will of God uh, has them in jail. (laughs) Not to discourage you, but sometimes, you know, even in the midst of the will of God, you know, you will maybe hit some persecution. What do you think? If you're going to do the will of God, if you're going to follow him, there will be some people that won't like it. But we can't let that, that stop us, you know. So what did they do? You know, they were, they were in the innermost prison, it says, with their feet in the stocks. And so, you know, now they're in a dark place, you know, the innermost. So they are at the, at the darkest place of the prison, these two preachers. And, uh, you know, I'm sure the devil is trying to tell them, it's like, you, might, you, you guys missed it majorly. Look at this, you know. You're going to rot in jail. And so but they, what did they do? They, they prayed and they sang praises unto God. And then what happened? 
You know, the whole prison shook, right? Everyone's bonds fell off. Every door flew open. And now it's not just them free, but everybody around them is free. Praise the Lord. You know, you keep on walking. You keep on having your eyes on the Lord. And he's able to, to set you free and the ones around you. And so they, you know, they get set free. Uh, the Philippian jailer, you know, he gets, he gets saved, him and his house, you know. And so this is kind of the beginning of this church at Philippi, you know, kind of a, of a, of a, of a radical start of a church. You know, Paul was a different kind of cat, you know. But I, wanna, I want us to get into uh, Philippians because you can see uh, Paul's heart for these people. And you can see his motivation. And you can see what he is willing to do for these people, which is pretty startling, actually. And so I just want to start with the beginning of Philippians chapter 1. And uh, just start reading for a while. And then I'm going to stop at certain points here and just, just kind of throw out some thoughts. You know, it's not really like a sermon I prepared. I'm just sharing with you some things that, that I believe the Lord has shown me from this book of Philippians, if that's okay with you. Well, before, let's just pray. Hallelujah. Father, we thank you so much. Father, your word, hallelujah, it gives light, it gives understanding to the simple. And Father, God, as we look into your word tonight, Father, you know, I've already asked you for, for the utterance or for unction to be given unto me, Father, to speak words from your heart to these, your people. Father, we want to hear from you. We want to, we want to, you, Father, you are the one who reveals the word unto us, Father God. So we ask for, for revelation tonight, Father, as far as, you know, we, we're in different places, but we just ask, Father, for you to help each and every one of us where we're at. Because we're, we're in different uh, walks of life, Father God, but you know exactly what is going on, Father God, and ask that you will reveal to us what each and every one of us need tonight, Father, from what we're sharing so that we can grow, so that we can, Father, do things with the right motivation, so that your love, Father God, hallelujah, can be revealed in and through us. And we ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Philippians chapter 1, verse 1. Paul and Timothy, bondservants of Jesus Christ. To all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi with the bishops and deacons. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. Always in every prayer of mine making requests for you all with joy. For your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Just as it is right for me to think this of you all because I have you in my heart. Inasmuch as both in my chains and in the defense and confirmation of the gospel, you all are partakers with me of grace. For God is my witness how greatly I long for you all with the affection of Jesus Christ. Does this seem like a guy who, 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 who cares for these people? I would say so. You know, he's talking, but he's, he's got them in his heart. So he truly cares for these people. And you know, if you're, if you're gonna minister to people, if you're gonna help people, that's the first thing that needs to be in you. You need to care for the people that you minister to. You need to care for the people around you. You know, if you're gonna be, if you're gonna be able to help somebody, they need to know that you truly care. Because they don't really care what you know. If you don't care about them, they're not going to receive it. They could care less what you know. Unless they know that you care. But Paul, 
He truly cared about these people. And you know, Paul had great revelation. You have to have great revelation for God to grant unto you to write over half the New Testament, right? You have to have some insight, and, 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 and so he had great revelation. But what you see if you look into Paul's life and his motivation is always motivated by a love for the people. You know, he will correct them, but it's always from a place of caring for them because he knows that if they don't correct this, they will ruin their lives. And they might not end up not fulfilling their course and create great heartache for them and for the people around them. And so you, so you will find, you know, when even when you come to church here too, you know, maybe pastor has a strong word, but it's always from, from a place of he cares. And he does it because, and you know, and he's inspired by, 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 by the Spirit of God to help. Paul, he really cared about these people. And what I also want you to see is just that this, this, this back and forth, because these people, he says, you know, they've been part, they, he says in verse five, for your fellowship in the gospel from the first day until now. So they joined with Paul, and you will see later in this, in this, in this epistle that they were the only ones who shared with him concerning giving and receiving. So they were sending, sending aid to him again and again so that Paul could finish what he was called to do. And there was a back and forth grace, you know, from Paul to them and from them to Paul. Because, and I don't know if this is something that sometimes passes people by because sometimes I think people can come to church and it's just like, you know, what can you do for me? You know, it's like a drive-through. It's just like, okay, what, 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 what do they serve here? If this is not a restaurant after my liking, I'm gonna go somewhere else. Well, that's not what you see here in the book of Philippians. You know, you saw somebody who recognized their place and they hooked up with Paul and they were doing it together with Paul. He says, you are partakers with me of grace. What does that mean? Well, for instance, you know, Pastor Mike and Joan, they started this church over 40 years ago, right? And so and God asked them and they said yes, reluctantly, but they said yes, right? And so now there's a grace on them, right, to do this. But also, did you know that God doesn't call one person to do a job like that? He calls a whole church together to do the job because one couple can't do it. It's impossible. They can't do it. There's, there's a grace, yes, to lead. There's a grace to, to feed, but you can't do it all on your own. And part of why I'm saying what I'm saying today is because we need to understand our place and the fact that we are partakers of this grace that is on this church to get the job done. And so that takes us taking ownership of, the, of, of, of helping building people, helping people fulfill their, their course, helping do everything that needs to be done to get this work accomplished. Because one couple can't do it all, but a lot of times people will come in. And you know, the devil, the accuser of the brethren, he helps people so much in this area and people hook up with him more than they should and they are finding fault. Well, why isn't this this way? Why isn't this working? Why isn't that working? Well, uh, maybe it is because you're not taking your place. (laughs) 
Well, I'm talking to you as people that are, 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 you know, some of you have been around for a long time. Some of you are just all in. Some of you are just wondering, should I be or should I not? And, and there may be people watching that we can't see that are sitting on the fence maybe and wondering why things are not working out in their lives. Maybe it is because they're supposed to be connected. You know, maybe it is because they, they haven't been connected. And I talk to people and I see people. I haven't been around for that long, but I've seen enough to see that people, they, they, they get connected for a while, and then they, for whatever reason, there's many influences in this, in the, in this life, right? It's inconvenience. It's like, well, it's, it doesn't work out. I have all this other stuff. And then they end up getting, getting off from where their supply is, and now they're off, like Pastor says, in the weeds somewhere. You know, now they have all these problems and, 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 and a lot of those problems would be solved if they would just come amongst the believers. Because I don't know if you were here on Sunday, you know, it's just like there will be a supply for the needs in the body. God, God will always meet the need, but he, if, if you're not there, how can, how can he do it? You know, I remember Pastor Mark Hankin said this once, and I can, I, I, for whatever reason, it just, just, just stuck with me. He said that the Lord told him, he said that there are some things, he said, he said, you won't get straight from me. He said, if I have, if I have delivered that revelation, he says to somebody you're supposed to be in, 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 a, in a, a relationship with, he said, you have to get it from them. So what that tells me is that if you're not then connected in that relationship, you won't get it. So, so the Lord, what does he do? He leads and he guides, right? So he will lead you. He will impress on your heart what you're supposed to do, where you're supposed to be. And then you have a choice to make. Am I going to heed that or am I going to let other things get in the way? Am I going to heed that and be where I'm supposed to be? Because where, if you are where you're supposed to be, not just you will not just you get a supply and you will grow, but you will also have a supply to give. And then together, we're going to be able to fulfill the plan of God. And that's some of the things that I'm seeing in Philippians. I'm just like, Lord, have mercy. You know, a lot of times, too, it's like as a minister of the gospel, where I'm making adjustments, it's like I have, to, I have to check my motivation. Why am I doing what I'm doing? Am I doing it because I want to just, uh, for lack of a better word, just fulfill what God has called me to do? Or am I fulfilling what God has called me to do because I love the people? Am I doing it from the motivation of being actually willing to lay down my life? For my brothers and sisters. Because that's what he's talking about here. He says, you know, anyhow, let's just read on. How about that? Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Let's uh, jump to uh, <laughs> verse 12, I think. Are we there? I think we're there. Well, I'm going to jump there anyhow. So let me just get in my Bible because I know where exactly where it's at on the page instead of... Uh, on the iPad. I had great problems with the iPad today anyhow. I had to, to really just wrestle with it. I won, it took me a while. And so, have you ever had to do that with your electronic devices? Yes, I have, you have. Hallelujah. There's so much good stuff here, man. Let's just start in... Uh, well, let's just keep on going in verse 9. And this I pray, that your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment, that you may approve the things that are excellent, that you may be sincere and without offense to the day of Christ, 
being filled with the fruits of righteousness, which are by Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. You know, your love may abound still more and more in knowledge and all discernment. You know, the thing is, and, and I'm kind of jumping ahead here because I'm going to get into love here a little bit later as well, but, you know, we need to be motivated by love. You know, and the more time you spend with your father, Father God I'm talking about, his, his, his way of thinking, his way of reasoning is always from that perspective of love because he cares so much. And he will always deal with you from that, from that, from, from, from the position of love, and we need to do the same thing. And as you start to see with those glasses, then now actually, it's actually the only way that you can see correctly. You cannot understand scripture correctly without being, having those glasses of love on. I've seen it so many times, people start to get some, some, some insight so to speak, uh, regarding what Jesus done for them and stuff, and, and, and they get into pride. Well, you've, you've, you've totally missed the boat. All of what he did for you was based out of love, and you need to have the same, same view as him to see correctly and keep from being deceived. And you will grow in this the more you study the word, the more you start to look at Paul and you look at his life. You look at, you know, just Paul's revelation was not just, you know, who you are in Christ and that you're, you're, you're above the devil and all that stuff. No, no. He's like, you know, you need to be, be willing to lay down your life here. And we can see this later here in this same, in this same chapter. So let's keep on, keep on reading. And this, this that comes now will actually show you really his, his heart. But I want you to know, verse 12, brethren, that the things which happened to me have actually turned out for the furtherance of the gospel. So that it has become evident to the whole palace guard and to all the rest that my chains are in Christ. And most of the brethren in the Lord, having become confident by my chains, are much more bold to speak the word without fear. Some indeed preach Christ even from envy and strife, and some also from goodwill. The former preached Christ from selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing to add affliction to my chains. But the latter out of love, knowing that I'm appointed for the defense of the gospel. What then? Only that in every way, whether in pretense or in truth, Christ is preached, and in this I rejoice, yes, and will rejoice. So he's just, as long as Christ is preached, even if it's adding affliction to him, he says, at least Christ is preached. Why? Well, maybe somebody will find Jesus. And so that takes away from us looking, because I, I, I've seen this so much. You know, people look at different churches. Oh, well, they're not doing this. They're not doing it. Well, is Christ preached? Who cares what else they do? Is Christ preached? Do they preach the death and the resurrection of Jesus? Do they preach that he's the only way to the Father? If they do that, well, bless them. And you be behind them and you pray for them. The rest is of... No significance at all because we're one family. If they believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, guess what? You're in the same family. You might see things a little different, but you're in the same family. And there's supposed to be unity in the body. Hallelujah. Verse 19. Maybe this is the first time you've read Philippians in a while. Let's just read the whole thing. Praise the Lord. For I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, 
according to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ, and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor, yet what I shall choose I cannot tell. From hard pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, <laughs> to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. And being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy of faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. Wow. So what made him decide to stay? It was for them. It was for them. When was the last time we made decisions for them and not for us? I'm just trying to bring light to some of these things because we need to, we need to take inventory and see what is driving the train. Why are we doing what we're doing? And we, we wonder why some of these things that we know, you know, we know, you know, how faith works, so to speak, but faith works by love. Last I checked. And so, so if our motivation is wrong, then your end result is going to be wrong. And that's why we need to look at these things and see, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why am I making the decisions I am making in my life? You know, it's like when I was, you know, I was, <laughs> when I got married, I was just like, I'm so selfish. I had no idea. Because it was all about me. And I have this other person that the Lord in, in the word told me to lay down my life for. So now, you know, you have to just kind of just wrestle that flesh down and prefer the other person. It doesn't come naturally. Have you ever found that out? You know, you have to put the flesh under, right? And then you have kids and then you realize that, oh, wow, it's not about me <laughs> at all. At all. And, you know, the ones that have kids know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Motivation. But you will find that, that when you're motivated by love, then you're doing stuff that has eternal value. Why can I say that? I don't even know where I'm at in my notes. There's two ways I can go right now. <laughs> And I think I'm going to cover it all because we have a 30 minutes. And so I'm going to get back to, to, to the motivation of love, and then I'm going to go back to our place in the body to get the job done. How about that? So let's go to verse 27 here and keep on reading. He says, Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ, so that whether I come and see you or I'm absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Hallelujah. There's something about striving together. Like I told you in the beginning, you know, there's, there's no call of God that it stands alone. There's no such thing. No, no. You are called with a bunch of other people to accomplish the will of the Father. Because you're not strong enough to do it on your own. 
I've seen that again and again. You know, you run into something, and then it's the people that God has placed alongside you that has a supply that you need for right then. You know, Paul here in, in verse, I can't remember if it was verse 19 or whatever, he says, I believe it's going to work out for my good, you know, through your prayers and the supply of the Spirit. We should pray for each other a whole lot more than we do. I just, you know, case in point, yesterday, last night, I called a cousin of mine and was regarding something we talked about and then, you know, the person starts to share about a little bit about what, what, what they've been dealing with. And uh, I just said, is it okay if I pray for you? And the person said yes. And as soon as I started praying, there was such an unction to pray, you had no idea. It just drove me to pray with, 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 with fervor and with heart. People are hurting. They're hurting and they're struggling with stuff. And unless somebody is bold enough to ask, can I pray for you? God is not able to meet the need. There is a great supply in the body for the body. But unless we, we yield to those unctions, he won't be able to supply the need. And with tears, crying on the other hand, thank you for praying for me. Will you please continue to pray for me? We need each other. I don't care what it looks like on the outside because we can keep a pretty good facade. Like everything is okay. You know, we got our, our best clothes on. We get come to church and, you know, we, women paint their face. We all look great, you know. It's like, I'm just like, I'm like, babe, how can you look so good? You didn't sleep. It's like it's the, it's the whole mascara thing. It's like it looks like you're wide awake and you're half asleep. It's amazing. And so, <laughs> and the women's like, thank God for that stuff. So anyhow, <laughs> but we need each other. Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4 to kind of drive that point a little bit more home. In my, in my Bible, it's just one page back. I'm going to start in verse 1, if that's okay. Paul says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Lots of one there, isn't it? One body, one spirit, one Father, God, hallelujah. But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this he ascended, what does it mean? But as he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth, he who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And he, which is Jesus, he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, 
till vi all come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. That we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together, but what every joint supplies, according to the effective work in which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. The body works together. The body can't do what it's supposed to do without unity and without us striving together with one mind and one purpose and we supply the needs and the supply that everybody needs. Is this coming across clearly? There's a reason why it's called the body of Christ. I think, you know, a very good uh, 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 picture of this, and I remember this was, I think this was the director of Rema Bubble Training Centers over in, in Europe. She uh, said she worked as an as a, uh, 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 x-ray technician. And so this man came in, you know, he had his hand all gassed up, you know, all bloody and stuff, and they just didn't take it off. They just put it underneath the x-ray machine and x-rayed it. And it's like one, two, three, four, one finger was missing. I said, okay, well, where's the finger? He brought it with him in his other hand. And so, <laughs> and so, so, so this one hand now, it has issues because it's missing a finger and it doesn't really work as it's supposed to. You know, it's, it's, if, it's, if it's his thumb, you know, it's not, it's kind of hard to grab stuff. You know, and then this finger is, is over here and it really doesn't do any good over there, right? And so, so now we're missing a part here, even though it's over here, it's a part, but it's missing where it's supposed to be, and, and this finger is, is dying because it has no supply. It needs to get back in its place to get the supply it needs. So it gets the supply it needs, supply it needs, and then, and then the hand gets the supply it needs, and now it can function like it's supposed to function. And so the same, the same, the same, there's a reason why the Word of God uses the body as an example because it, it really paints a good picture. You know, there needs to be unity in the body. That's why you see so much division in a lot of churches. Because one person, they, 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 they think it should be this way, another person, person thinks it should be this way, and now nothing's happening because they're not moving together. They're just like, you know, it's like you, you have a, a carriage, you know, with horses on it. And if they're not tied together, they're just going, you have problems, right? And it's the same in a church. You know, that's why we need to be for each other. We need to be on the same page. We need to work for the same end result. And then we'll get the job done. You know, the devil is, is so good at creating division. He's a master at, 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 at presenting offense. Offense is huge. I mean, we get offended from so many things. And it's easy to, to take offense. It's, it's sometimes a lot harder to, to say no, but when you have some of these things in front of you and you understand how important it is uh, to, to stay in your place and for, for, for you to be part of, 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 of the unity part, 
then it might be it's a little, maybe it's a little bit easier to say no to offense because you know who's behind it. It's a lot better to walk in love and cut it off right there. Even be wronged. I said even be wronged and keep moving. Because then, then, then the devil, he's, he's got nothing more. He just lost that battle right there. Praise the Lord. In uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, this is where, you know, Paul talks about the body. I'm going to read a little bit along these lines here. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit we were all baptized into one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. Whether you're from Iowa or Nebraska, you know, it's just all one body. You know, I don't care who wins the football game, we're all one body. Hallelujah. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, so therefore not of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I'm not of the body, body so therefore not of the body. If the whole body were an eye, that would be a very funny looking body, where would be the hearing? If the whole were hearing, where would be the smelling? But now God has set the members, each one of them, in the body just as he pleased. Isn't that interesting? So I guess that, you can't just jump from church to church then. <laughs> right? You can't just shop. No, you actually have to ask the Lord, where am I supposed to be connected? Where have you placed me? Where am I supposed to be connected? Which vision am, vision am I supposed to be connected to? It's really, you know, we do our, our, our children a disservice too when we say to them, you can be whatever you want to be. No, you need to find out who God made you to be. As far as what he has graced you with and where he wants you to go, and the only way that you can find that out is being led by the Spirit of God. And when you find out where you're supposed to be connected, then be connected and be all in. And I tell people, you know, that, I, that, that, that have been, you know, sometimes people are away from church for whatever reason, you know. And, and my advice to them is that I say that you need to be in church. I said, it don't matter to me where you go to church. I said, but you need to be where God has placed you. And you better make sure you're in the right place. If that's not here, get out of here. And get to the place where you're supposed to be. If it's here, well, get connected. That might seem strong, but the devil is a master at getting you, cut you off. So you're by yourself. You're an easy target by yourself. But when you are with your company, when you are where you have been connected by God, then there's a supply and there's protection. And I don't care how strong you think you are, you need protection. You need the supply in the body where God has placed you. Hallelujah. You might as well say praise God because it's true. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. He's a good God. I think we need to jump back to Philippians. I'm going to get more, a little bit more back into the love aspect of things here. I'm going to jump in back and forth. I hope that's okay. 
Philippians chapter two, verse one. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, that's the same love as Christ has, being a one accord, a one mind, He's back to this being one again, no division. He says, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit. But in lowliness of mind or being humble, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, because he was, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wow. So what is he, what, what's, Paul, what's Paul talking about here? He says that you need to have the same mind that Jesus had. You need, to, you need to have the same approach to life as he did. Well, he humbled himself. He became obedient even to the death of the cross. And I looked into, you know, actually I was looking in the ESV study Bible, this is a while back, and, and you know, about a crucifixion. It, it's, 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 it's pretty rough way to die. You know, because they nail your hands, right, and they nail your legs. And so you start to slump down, you know, because of the pain, but then you can't breathe. And then so you're about to suffocate, and so you, you just, just in excruciating pain, you lift yourself back up just to get a gasp of air. But because it's so painful, you start to let go again. And so that's just one thing. He was whipped, right, till he was unrecognizable. And then he took the sin, the iniquity, and the perversity of the whole world upon him. That's pretty significant that he would want to do that for his creation. But if we would start to, to have more of that view as far as being able or willing to lay down some of our desires for others, I'm telling you what, you will <laughs> have a life that has purpose. You will, you, you, you will, you will have, it's, it's amazing. When you start to put other people first, your life becomes more rich and then you, you, you will make connections and friends everywhere. Because the thing is that if you help others, to fulfill what God has called them to do, they will be eternally grateful to you because you help them fulfill divine purpose. If you pray for somebody when they need help, if you go out of your way to help somebody, your reward will be great. And it's such a foreign thing in our, in our society to put somebody else first. Because it's usually, you know, it's me and my family and we just go, 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 go. We don't have time for anybody else. We don't even have time to come to church a lot of times because we go, 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 go. But then, you know, this, one of the, what I asked the Lord, for, I prayed for the service. I said, Lord, help us. You know, you know, he's the one who grants revelation. 
And so we need to ask him on a regular basis, help me to see as I ought to see. Help me to get my, my, my focus where it needs to be. Help me to see things clearly. Help me to put first things first. He can help us do that. A lot of times, you know, it's like, well, I don't really have, you know, that love for people. Well, the love of God has been shed about in your heart, so there is potential. There's potential for you to change. There's potential for you to do all that the Bible says because God would never even ask you to do something he didn't also grace you to do. So there's potential for you to do stuff that actually has eternal value because anything that is from any other uh, motivation is just a clanging symbol. So let's go to 1 Corinthians 13. I think I can stop, stop there at some point. 1 Corinthians 13. Hallelujah. And you know, that's the love chapter. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. He's a good God. He's helping us too. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just do the last verse of 12. It says, but earnestly desire the best gifts, and yet I show you a more excellent way. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I'm nothing. You know, just stop there for a second. You know, we, we, we talk a lot about faith, you know, how to, how to grow in faith. You know, we can grow in faith, but if you have faith, it can move mountains but have not love, profits nothing. Verse three, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself, it's not puffed up. Does not behave rudely. Does not seek its own. Is not provoked, thinks no evil does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there are prophecies, they'll fail. Whether there are tongues, they'll cease. Whether there is knowledge, it'll vanish away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when that which is perfect has come, then that which is in part will be done away. When I was a child, I spoke as a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see in the mirror dimly, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I shall know just as I also am known. And now abide faith, hope, love. These three. But the greatest of these is love. Wow. You know, I think one of the most striking things we're gonna see when we meet Jesus face to face is the love in his eyes. And you know, now we see dimly as in a mirror. You know, a child is all about themselves. You know, I have, you know, Liam is, is you know, less than one and a half years old and it's all about him. If he wants food, he can get loud. If he doesn't wanna do something, he can get loud. He wants it his way. If he doesn't get it his way, he can walk over and pout somewhere. You know, he's a child. It's all about him. But he says, but when I, when I became a man, I put away childish things. 
What's he talking about? Love. He's talking about your motivation of love. It's not about you. It's about them. Jesus said, greater love is no one than this than to lay down his life for his friends. You know, it can look like you're just taking time to pray for somebody. They don't even need to know about it. You can just take them up. You, you, it seems like they're, they're having a rough time. Well, maybe you could pray for them. Maybe you could take 10 minutes out of your day and pray for them, or maybe more. You know, maybe you could pray for a, for, for, for a family member that, that hasn't received Jesus yet. You know, Brother Hagin said that he says, some people will never get to a place of repentance unless somebody intercedes for them. Well, that's an eternal thing. That means that some people will go to hell unless somebody stands in the gap for them. That's pretty serious, isn't it? If we do stuff from motivation of love, we will be, the devil won't be able to get to you. You remember, you know, this is something that Pastor Mark Hankin said too. He said, it won't step out of love, it's one step out of God because God is love. And so when we start to see things through the eyes of love, now we're starting to grow. You really can't grow in the things of God unless you grow in love. You will be actually be surprised, and Brother Hagin, he said this, he said, if you would take 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8 in the Amplified, he said, and you meditate on that every day for 30 days, he said, you will be surprised at how much you've grown in faith over those 30 days. It's easy. It's right in front of us. It's tools that we can use. The Word of God, he says, it gives light, it gives understanding to the simple. If you dig, if you get into the Word because you want to learn, because you want to grow, God will grant you your request. If you will dig for truth, He will grant it to you. Because He gave you His own Holy Spirit to teach you and to show you the things that He has freely given you in Christ Jesus. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. You know why are we talking about this? Well, I believe it's part of us fulfilling our purpose and staying safe. You know, it's, it's, it's hard for the devil to deceive you if you always respond in love. <laughs> Putting other first from a place of humility. Your humility is your protection against deception. The devil's full of pride. But if you stay away from that, you'll be hard to deceive. It'll keep you safe. Why am I talking about this? Well, we want to grow, don't we? And, and the thing is, it's like, you know, so, well, love seems hard. Well, love will keep you safe. Love will keep you effective. You will grow in the things of God if you grow in love. And we're going to get to a place where we're going to fulfill everything God has called, you, called us to do. And we're going to do it in grand style. Why? Because God is working in us. You know, that's, that's Philippians 2.13. It's just God is at work in you to willing to act according to his good purpose. You know, Paul also said in verse 6, he says that I'm confident of this very thing that he has begun a good work and you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. That's the reason why you're here. And hearing this, because God is interested in you growing. God is interested in you running your course. I say this all the time. I'll finish my race. Amen. 
and I'm going to do it in grand style. And I'm going to do a victory lap just because I want to. I'm just going to do a little bit extra just because I want to. The devil's not going to be able to stop me. Another one that kind of seals this regarding love is in Ephesians chapter 3 is, is Paul's prayer. And I think I'm going to kind of end here. There's no reason in going, you know, a long time. Uh, you make it simple, you know, then there's, how many times do you need to say it? <laughs> Ephesians 3 verse 14. This is the second of Paul's prayers in, in this epistle. He says, for this reason I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and earth is named, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. So unless you have a revelation of the love of God, you probably won't be filled with all the fullness of God. But as you get a revelation of the love of God, not just, and, and, and also his love for you, you will start to open up. And you will start to, it, you know what, when you, when you see the love of God, when you start to see what he's done for you, it's a lot easier to, to love other people. Because you realize that the same love he has for you, he has for them. And when you start to open up, then God is going to be able to fill you with all the fullness of God. And that's a lot. We have no idea what that means. God is a good, 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 good God. And, you know, he doesn't give all these, you know, it might seem, well, you know, he requires this or that. Well, you will, what you'll find is if you, will just, if you will just be willing to put your flesh under and get in line with the word, then, then, then it'll make you free. And, and, and stuff will fall off of you. And what I found, when I started to, to really, you know, just meditate on, on what Jesus has done for me, start going over those scriptures and saying them out loud, just basically agreeing with God and just rejoicing in who he has made me, what he has done for me, then, you know, all the other stuff just fades because you start to see who God is. You start to see who, who he is in you and, and really it becomes so interesting because now you're tapping into eternal things and all the other stuff is just like, I don't really care. I just want to know him. And you, after 30 years, after 30 years of walking with the Lord, the apostle Paul said this in Philippians. You all know this. You know, he, he talks about in chapter 3, you know, all the stuff that was going for him in the natural. And then in verse 7, he says, But what things were gained to me, these have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed, I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, not that I've already attained or I'm already perfected, 
but I press on. He's seen jail, but I press on. He's seen jail. He says, but I press on, that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Better than I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead. I press towards the goal for the price of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul was going for it until the day he left this planet. He was going for it. We can do the same thing. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much. We thank you, Father, for your word. We thank you for your presence here tonight. And Father, I pray for each and, and everyone here, Father, as I prayed before the service, Father, that, 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 that the reality, Father God, of who you are, who they are in you, Father, and the importance of them taking their place, Father, would just become so real to them, Father God, because you have graced each and everyone in here, Father God, with a grace, with an ability that is absolutely necessary, Father God, for you to be able to do what you've called Fellowship Church to do, Father God. So, Father, I speak over every one of them, and I thank you, Father God, that you are working in them to will and to act according to your good purpose, Father. Now, may the God of peace, that's you, Father, the God of shalom, the God of the peace that comes from being whole, who brought up our Lord Jesus from the dead, that great shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant, make them complete in every good work for doing your will, working in them that which is well-pleasing in your sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. I thank you, Father, for your great, great grace upon each and every one, Father. And I declare we will all, hallelujah, do what you've called us to do in grand style. Hallelujah. We'll finish our course with joy. Hallelujah. And then we're going to do a victory lap just because we want to, because Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. He's a good God. He's a great God. <laughs> and you know, as you spend time with him, he'll reveal to you. He's not trying to hold anything back. He'll reveal to you your place. And maybe you're already in your place. Then this is just, just confirmation that what you're doing is worthwhile. Because it has eternal reward. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Father. You're so good. It's just so fun to be in His presence. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord.